0: We are on! Hello, Michael. Welcome to We Include.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: I am very excited to speak to you uh, about your journey and about Equitas. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will be very curious. You have a very interesting offering, kind of one of a kind. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy to have caught you. Um, tell us a little bit more about Equitas. And then we'll go into some other stuff as well, but uh, I am very, very keen to hear from you specifically.
1: Awesome. Um, Equitas is inclusive interview software or interview intelligence software, if you will. So what we help companies do, uh, Aiona, is capture their interview data um, so they don't have to take notes during interviews anymore. And we always try to encourage them to make sure they've got a really structured approach to their interviews. And I don't care if that's behaviors, values, competencies, as long as there's some level of structures, but Asking good quality interview questions is is half the battle um, a lot of the time. And on the candidate side, we try to auto-generate candidate feedback reports so that they get something out of each and every interview that they attend and they go to and just try to make that end-to-end interview experience for both sides and both parties as, as seamless as we possibly can. A whole reason that we exist as a company is to try and create fair hiring. So we're ta- tackling interviews first, which is an absolutely huge space. But you and me both know it's so much bias can creep in the hiring process um, as well. So, yeah, really excited to talk to you a bit more about it today.
0: You know, I have a hidden regret. So (laughs) Michael here reached out to me on LinkedIn, I think, 2018 or something like that. I don't know if I've seen or not the message, but I did not (laughs) answer. Like, I am one of these persons in this situation. So uh, I think you were kind of barely launching and you were one of the first in the market to approach and in, uh, uh, in a more let's say scalable and sustainable way. But now, today, uh, June 2023, you have some competition. So, <laughs> uh, a, a lot of different others are coming uh, running.
1: The, the space is amazing. And this is what I love the more people that you have come in and validate a space, the more interesting it is. So, I always run through some competitors that we have whenever sure. it comes to interview intelligence space. Bright Hire over in the US, they're incredible, really good focus on fair hiring as well. Met the team there, Teddy, we one of their founders, absolutely spot on, salt to the earth guy. Closer to home in London, Screen Loop started into the intelligence space. They're now going wider with their product offering. I sometimes say to people, they might create the next generation of an ATS with different functionality that they're building in. And then MetaView is more focused yeah. purely on the, the the notes on that side as well. So. Um, Back whenever I reached out to you, I probably had no idea what we were doing back back in 2018. Had loads of different product ideas. I think we were still working part-time and freelance to kind of keep things Uh like lights on and going as well. And we didn't jump properly until maybe 2019 is whenever we got an accelerator back in Belfast and Northern Ireland where the business is set up as well. But I could talk to you about the journey all day long. (laughs)
0: Um, it's never an easy one and I I, I love that everybody kind of has its own path I'm very curious actually though what inspired you to start right I think the the, usually the spark is very special to share so I'm I'm, I'm very curious on your side what was that inspiration point to say yeah I'm I'm going for this
1: so sometimes people will talk about founder market fit and -hmm. for me a lot of it was solving my own pain point or problem so to give you (laughs) To give you a bit of background about what I used to do, I used to be a professional interviewer and I maybe did about 10,000 plus interviews Mm -hmm. all across UK, Ireland, further field. Um, some of the companies that I used to work for, Aldi, everyone knows the supermarket, I used to work yep. for them. I then used to recruit directly for them. They were my first ever client with a lifestyle business in the past. I then sort of got into that sort of late stage of the hiring process and working for companies like B Sky B, a load of the government departments in and around London. If, if you name a government department in London, I've probably interviewed for them at some stage and the last one, prison officers, we used to hire thousands of them. So wow. that was that was one of my claim to fame that I normally tell people on a first call is that I've probably hired more prison officers than you will any other role um, for the rest of your life. But <laughs> it didn't matter which of these clients that I was working at. I always mm-hmm. saw the same problems persist, mm-hmm. which is one this interview data was never being captured properly. It was always analog, sitting here, writing down notes, finding sure. it away, never looking at it again, and trying to have an engaging conversation with someone while taking detailed, verbatim notes just doesn't work. It falls apart. Either having credible notes and a terrible conversation Or you have this amazing conversation and you look down and, you know, your notes are are crap and you can't justify who you're going to hire. So you always had a a kind of uh, Sophie's choice uh, whenever it came came that approach. The bigger part for me was the bias that could creep in during that late stage of the hiring process. So a lot of times interviewers, if they're not experienced, don't understand. They pick people who are identical to them with a bit of affinity (laughs) bias. Yeah, Mm -hmm. mini-me's come across all the time. Accent bias, some roles, companies, jobs. If you yeah. didn't have Queen's English, perfect pronunciation, <laughs> you wouldn't get the job. And they they would sometimes give you uh, excuses like, "Hey, lacks polish," um, or those could be reasons for you not getting in on accent bias alone. And then the last one that I always see come up all the time was beauty bias. Sometimes the most beautiful candidates got hard for the role, even though that they weren't weren't the most confident as well. So. I just thought there's real opportunity here if we start to capture this data if we start to be really structured and start upskilling viewers and giving candidates a fair shot and um, they completely could change the game um for them as well so that was the, the essentially the origin story
0: very cool very very cool and it's interesting right because you've you've seen so many different institutions and organizations and you've I mean, you see that the problem repeats itself, right? Like, it's not that somebody does it better than somebody else. It's just across the board. And we just don't have the tools for it, right? Like, we just didn't have. Now we don't.
1: (laughs) It's it's interviewer understanding. I was the same. I made the same mistakes in my first job. Like, whenever I was at Aldi, I hired someone. And, okay, they did give me enough content and they're good for the role. But I maybe wouldn't have given them the same chance if they hadn't Mm -hmm. played rugby. And, like, that was a chance Mm -hmm. to get chatting to them. Mm It opened up a bit they were maybe a little bit more introverted as well. Okay, and then it got all the way through and it's like, hey, I'll take a chance on them. And then the deeper that you go and the more interviews that you do, the more that you understand about process, structure, how you should be scoring them, how to conduct a really high quality interview, the more you get to the point where you're just like, oh my goodness, the amount of mistakes that you can make and that can creep in um, is absolutely insane. So I I kind of went through the journey on my career at the start. I was completely clueless, knew nothing about, unconscious bias or what there is or always thought I was fair halfway through I really doubted myself and really thought oh my goodness am I being fair this person's a different gender to me you know different background whatever it is and really second guess and then out the other side of it I kind of got to the stage where if someone has put enough thought into the creation of these materials validated them and I have an objective as I can understand it and apply them fairly I'm not going to get it right every time but I'll, it's as far as we can possibly We need to get it. as
0: close as possible. Exactly, right. Um, you're helping businesses in so many different ways. I am, um, though somehow, we we always want to share some examples here. Like, what do you see in terms of um, chain, organizational change once they've interacted with Equitas, once they adopted using Equitas?
1: so the quality of questions becomes really important really quickly and i've seen it go a couple of different ways and um, some organizations we've worked with will start building out a question bank and sometimes it's gone to the stage where they have like two 200 plus ways of asking planning and organizing and there isn't that many ways to differentiate and ask that in the world so the flip side and what we've learned on the journey is it's a balance of like using common sense to the size of a question bank that you could build making it nice and easy and searchable and making sure it's fit for purpose as well. Um, and a little bit of common sense from the interviewers whenever they're applying frameworks as well, because they're always going to be the experts in the room. So they can probe and dig deeper. And you, you're in the, the DEI tech space as well. I see it all the time where people are like, our um, questions are structured. Therefore, there is zero bias. It is super fair which is not the case. That's a bit of a cop-out. Not, not everyone's requirements and needs are exactly the same. You could have a candidate um, who's neurodiverse where, you know, maybe they don't just even need the probing questions you've got there. Maybe they need a few additional probes and a bit of coaching and changing styles. So for me, the thing that's more important from, from introducing Equitas is making sure that you're training interviewers and making sure they know what a good, inclusive interview looks like and what best practice looks like. And understanding the concepts of delivering that interview. So it's not even just the product alone. It's teaching people best practice and approach. And, and that's what I've seen. Like, okay, one of the reasons people absolutely love it is they never have to take notes it an interview yeah. ever again. And that's- they're just like, love this, this is great. But then the longer they use the product, the more they see all the benefits. And like campaigns that some of our clients used to set up, it used uh-huh. to take them like three, four, five hours, sat beside a printer sending out emails to invite candidates, all of this. I just condensed it right down. Um, and like, it's funny, you should want all of your clients to be doing more interviews than ever, but we've also seen them streamline it down. Some used to have three, four, five stage interview processes. They've condensed it down to like two stage because they're captioning all the data that they need in the short period with really good questions
0: so good so many good stories right ultimately um, nobody will implement ekitas probably in the same way um, but the effects can be um, surprisingly good because you discover maybe gaps that you didn't have uh, or new opportunities just because you're like hey we're using this in a certain way this is super interesting but If you're thinking about your clients, right, or your future clients, what makes a good client? Like, what should a client ask Equitas in terms of like, okay, I want to change some stuff, but I have no idea how to implement this, adopt this, kind of create sustainable change. What's a good client for you?
1: So firstly, they need to be of a certain size. And like for us, enterprises, healthcare, public sector has been the best possible fit. And Mm -hmm. the reason for it? is they absolutely love compliance-driven interview. They're having to do this whole process mm-hmm. manually and analog as well. The ones that aren't a good fit are SMEs and small companies mm-hmm. and the really early stage startups because a lot of the time it's overkill. They want the process yeah. that we add and bring to that. And what they want to do is they just want to jump on a call with someone and have a coffee, uh, meet them face to face and be like, hey, chat me through your CV, which I don't think is a good approach no. personally. <laughs> but- But they can't be convinced otherwise a lot of the time and okay maybe they do use a little bit structure but they don't you know have enough budget to start to spend um
0: they're so scrappy so so fast
1: and the flip side for them is they need a quickest process as possible and to try and make sure that they can get people in because them being able to even convince people a lot of the time early days they have to rely on own network people that they know people like that and okay that's not brilliant for diversity equity inclusion unless they've got a really diverse network but but it's the only way they can get people through so for me whenever we start to meet an organization the ones that i absolutely love big enough size high enough volume of interviews their ta team is sometimes being asked to do so much more with less headcount and resources as well they're hiring managers they need to be ready to go on a journey as well because if hiring managers um, just want to keep delivering it the way it's been the last 20 plus years, whatever, they they won't always jump and join and on board. So you need some quite forward-thinking hiring managers as well who are ready to go on that journey. And there's always some level of focus on diversity, equity, inclusion and the the fair hiring as well. And you know what? It changes the message that you depending on who you're talking to within the organization. So head of ta heads of recruitment they get it they get dei they get building diverse teams and that'll be one of the biggest levers and drivers for them but whenever you start talking to procurement cfos on that side they just want to know how much time is this going to save me as well What's the impact? Another sustainability, something that's crazy that I never thought. We have one customer who saved 300,000 pages and in interview packs as well, which is, is absolutely <laughs> insane. It's just like some companies are still printing off enough yep. pages to like kill the Amazon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you've learned a lot. You experienced a lot. You are uh, in a point of maturity and you are moving forward. What's next?
1: We're closing out a seed round as we speak. Mm-hmm. we we need to grow the team like yes we've had some amazing wins our our biggest client at the minute is the NHS in Ireland um, so yeah. we're working with their, their biggest trusts we've seen year on year growth over there i think 2022 we had about 800% um, growth which was amazing and with them alone as well the impacts that we've had there has been amazing and at you know entry level and people coming across they've had i think it's maybe 30 plus different nationalities has come and start working for them so that global talent pool and opening up there is amazing, it's great. What we need to do is start more tracking and really track impact more as well because we were like a scrappy startup to, to begin with and a small team of six who, by the way, could not have done this without our team and got it this far as well. And I'll give a shout out to them and see if it makes a final yep. cut as well. But Javier, Amy, Rachel, Marilyn, George, yeah, couldn't have made it this far without a, a small team that cares as much about fair hiring as well. Um so what's next? Close out this seed round during what's a tough environment. Start looking more at um, that tracking element and measuring impact as well. And starting to really focus and double down in healthcare and public sector. But we are starting to toy with some other verticals who have same use cases and problems as well um, and experiment and see which ones of those work. And yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, we need to strengthen um, partnerships that we've got um with both rpos and ats's at the minute we've had some big rpo wins recently and on the ats front same idea again as well we've got a lot of integrations coming through the pipeline need to get those done get them live and and it can really increase the impact uh, that we're going to have
0: yeah i guess your new investors are asking okay how much can you scale and the (laughs) the answer is like how much can we integrate
1: (laughs) always exactly you've got it
0: The journey of an entrepreneur is hard. I feel the journey as an entrepreneur in this space is even harder. (laughs) How are you keeping your energy? How are you kind of creating momentum for yourself and your sanity?
1: (laughs) I've (laughs) I've got a quote from an HR tech founder who went into (laughs) fintech. And if he's listening, he will absolutely love it because He's just like, it took me, I don't know, like 12 plus months, whatever it was, of really fighting and struggling to raise like 300K in the HR tech space as well. And he went to FinTech and he's just like, I've now raised over 60 million in like half the time. And so, like, he kind of says, look, HR tech, it can be busy. A lot of people like operating in it and working in it. So, yeah, I think you have to be in it for the long run. Um it is challenging, depends what time you raise, level of traction that you got, what type of clients that you're going after and the fit. But um I'll maybe not chat to you too much about fundraising. That's needs to be a separate uh podcast, I reckon. <laughs>
0: We have to do one, to be honest, because it is it is a bit of a black box, right? Like a lot of people go bootstrap, and it's like nobody tells you anything unless you have somebody who has done it, as you say, maybe for a completely different industry, um. um but in the same time, the scales are so different, right? Like as you say, you can struggle for twenty four months to raise. I don't know, 200k, as you were saying, right? Or you can find just the right avenue somehow or the right kind
1: of coach for things. The best tip for founders, especially uh-huh. in this space, is find the one, other founders who are two to three years further ahead in the journey mm-hmm. and build a network that way because the good founders, the ones that are right, will always give back and they'll always chat. If they can't do introductions, they will. Um sometimes they won't but they'll at least be able to guide and steer you on like which funds to be talking to which angels that you should chat to as well within the space so that's always one of the biggest tips i have is like don't just build your network with it and ta folk on that side look at who are the other founders who are doing interesting things are on the same mission as you and maybe two three four years further ahead than you
0: michael was there any point when you said i'm I'm done i'm giving up i I'm going back to professional interviewer for the NHS. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: no, never. Uh, no? <laughs> I've I've not got to breaking point yet. But maybe ask me on a weekly basis, and then that that answer could I'll put a good
0: reminder. Go
1: I, it's <laughs> but it's good. It's, it's it's there's always like tough times. I always tell people it's an absolute roller coaster, and like sometimes that happens on a daily basis. Sometimes it's a weekly basis. Sometimes it's monthly. But you always have. Big wins that come through if you keep doing stuff consistently, and it always takes longer than you think. Sometimes you you think stuff will be ready in like the last a few days; it'll take weeks, whatever. You just need to, to keep learning um, from that journey as well.
0: But I love hearing that one. You had an amazing team who kind of pulls in right all these energies, but in the same time you you learn to recognize that. If it doesn't happen today, it doesn't mean it's not happening. It's just like you you need to carry on and you need to kind of believe in that. And you've also had wins, good wins, and you will probably continue to have, which is a very, very good sign for the entire industry.
1: Always. And like, that's the thing. Not everyone's ready to go on that journey in terms of on the customer front as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so people need to keep telling them that self and just keep refining what that ideal client profile looks like to the point where you'll you'll eventually find the right people, the right market, the right fit for you as well.
0: You are a, a bit at the middle, right? Like you see TA professionals, you see DEI professionals, you see hiring managers and business owners, and you see teams that are maybe doing the work for a variety of operations around hiring. If you have one call out for this ecosystem, uh, for us to just do better when it comes to fair hiring, do you have anything for us?
1: Uh, what do you mean by call it? Like a particular person? What should or we like... do?
0: What should we do? Sorry, yeah. My... <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, 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 I was, I was thinking ask. in the back of my mind, like, who's yeah. should I start the next One uh, ask, I think it's very difficult this year, and I don't know how many people are talking about it openly, but a lot of budgets will be stretched. There'll be, there's will be been redundancies that have been made across the space as well. I think for 2023, look, I've seen some people say it started to like tick back upwards as well, which is amazing, which is great. Um, People have just got to be open-minded. And like the one thing, I think if you're like a TA folk or internal as well, is there's not going to be one tool that solves absolutely every pain point that you have but there's some great providers that could look end to end about what your system is, what it looks like as well. And somebody, I actually will call it a name now that I thought about it as well. And Martin Mason is somebody who's done this for like organizations time and time again. And actually you should get him on the podcast as well. He has gone in, I think 50 plus enterprise kind of grade clients and just looked end to end at the system being like, look, what are the opportunities for bias to come in Mm -hmm. here? What are you doing well? What's not doing well? So I still think, for DEI, we're in that discovery phase of fair hiring and like, what's the ways to optimize it as well. But no one company has a perfect solution. And my side tip, any company that says zero bias, no bias or whatever, yeah. take that with a huge pinch of salt, because it's impossible. Even if you've got the most structured questions in the world, even if you've got an algorithm that scores the candidates, there's going to be some level of bias that creeps in as well. So that's a danger that comes in in the space i think sometimes people try and oversell what their solution will do when you need a bit of a dose of reality and being like look it can improve it can optimize it's never going to get rid of everything there's always still going to be a human making decisions at some point or if it is an algorithm it will be encoded by a human and there'll be some bias that can be um with the way it's being designed
0: michael thank you so much for joining us on we include uh we keep all our fingers crossed for the seed round
1: cheers nearly there touch wood
0: Thank you so much for staying with us for the entire episode. You are the best. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe to the We Include podcast on Spotify or the podcast provider of your choice. And don't forget to share in your networks. It's highly appreciated. You can find me on LinkedIn for suggestions of initiatives and topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. They are coming out weekly. Till next time, take care.